I'm Lucy Barkas, and this is the Leader X Podcast. Hey there, everyone. It's Lucy Barkas, and I'm going to spend the next 10, 15 minutes or so sharing my reflections on my conversation with Amber Hurdle. Now, I loved the way that Amber describes her process as being about the head, the heart and the briefcase. Now, the head is all about how you're wired, how you like to do work, how you make decisions and make relationships and and how you just behave in the world, which is so essential to any kind of working relationship. And then she talks about the heart. So when hiring people, you need to really understand what are their values, their motivations, their, their real passions. And then the bit that most people consider, which is the briefcase. So do they actually have the skills, the experience to actually do the job? And yeah, most people when they're doing the recruiting because they have these application forms or these CVs, they just look at the briefcase bit. But how do you know if they're really gonna fit into your team? Well, that really comes down to the head and the heart. So it was intriguing to find out that Amber uses personality and behavioral profiles just like I do. And although we use different versions, uh, yeah, they're, they're all kind of the same, um, the, the same kind of tool. I didn't know that when I interviewed her. I didn't know what she meant when she introduced uh, me to the idea of data. I knew she was interested in recruitment and engaging using the data, but I didn't really make the connection that data actually meant behavioral assessment, the stuff that I use. I felt like I really missed the obvious because I've been using this data for years. And I mean, in my present and myself steps of the five Mys methodology, I use assessments to diagnose. Now I guarantee when working with a client and I mention behavioral profiling, somebody is going to groan. They think it's some kind of mumbo jumbo or this daily horror scope kind of rubbish. I thought that myself before I really got into it. But it's not. It's really based on science. It's grounded in psychology and behavioral science. And this data can really enhance the relationships that you have within your team and organization and can really power up performance. I've seen it. I've experienced it. So on a personal level, the myself module is all about understanding who you really are. What makes you tick? the decision-making process you go through. Much of this is hardwired into you, but you can also adapt and change. Our brains are plastic. They can be molded over time. And with each experience that you have, your brain is slightly changed. That excites me. So, you know, I'm going to be open with you now. I use everything DISC. Um, I'm an extreme ID, which means that I'm spontaneous. I like big ideas. I like achieving things. I'm action orientated. Um, I love learning through doing first. Act first, think later. It's got me into a lot of trouble, but it's also, you know, that real drive to solve problems, deliver solutions, and just experience life. I guess I'm an optimistic dreamer. Um, I like to think outside the box. I love people. I love talking. I love variety. And put me in that kind of environment where I can be me. And you're really going to see the best of me. I will fly. But that environment doesn't suit everybody. 
equally, I'm not very good at processes and rules and systems. I guess that's why I've set up my own business so I can make my own rules. I'm a, an 80-20 kind of girl, prolific over perfect. I make mistakes and that's okay because I get the job done. Yeah, I know how frustrating I am to the people on the opposite personality style, those who really value accuracy and um, being method, oh, I can't even say the word, being very precise in the, the way that they work. I've worked in really highly regulated, data-driven, high, uh, you know, highly accurate organizations. Oh my God, I was stressed. I could do it, but I had to work really hard to get the job done well to hold that focus and that accuracy and the detail hours on end in, in a quiet environment. I was just not at my best. It sucked my soul. But equally, you know, some of the people who worked in my team thrived in that environment and that's why they were so brilliant. I need as a leader for people to be great at, you know, what they do, to be in the right environment, to be able to use their skills and their strengths, not work to their weaknesses. Um, I need people like my, you know, me as an opposite in my team to support my weaknesses so they complement me. But each time I also need to adapt my style so I have to be, be the leader that they need me to be. That's why we need diversity and inclusion in teams and the behavioural profiling of your team will really give you an insight into how diverse on a personality style you really are but then you can then start really digging deep in terms of different you know upbringings environments uh, experiences belief systems um just different people within the organization your customers and suppliers bringing that together to really give you some amazing insights i love the story that matthew syed shares in his book rebel ideas highly recommend that book um, but he was asked to join a group of non-football people to join the Football Association's Technical Advisory Board. He was joined by a high-tech startup giant, an educationalist, a rugby coach, a cycling coach, uh, and even a female commander of the Royal Military Academy at Sandhurst. Now, the England's men team had underperformed for decades, and previously only football experts had been on this advisory board, but something wasn't working. Those people had become institutionalized in their thinking and they needed an outsider's perspective. Diversity was the answer. And to draw on the expertise from different fields that can you know, apply new solutions to old problems, you know, new way of thinking, well, that was the answer. And Amber Hurdle isn't the only guest that talks about employee engagement and team relationships and recruitment. So you can catch up on previous podcasts with Kelly Swingler and also look out for Ira Wolf as he talks about his rich approach to recruiting in the future. So hit the subscribe button, leave us a review and I'll see you in future episodes. And so it is with your teams. I remember when I worked in the energy industry, uh, there was a, a new business function that was set up. It was mandated by the government. Um, so all of our competitors were having to do the same. And it was to do with energy efficiency and, you know, getting people's homes better insulated and, and more energy efficient. Now, you know, it was all launched on the, the same date. 
but some were quicker to market than others. My company was really slow. So they looked at the personality profiling and found that the majority of the board that were hired had logic, rational thinking, process and systems mindsets. They'd become stuck in analysis paralysis and they missed the boat. They missed the momentum of getting into to the market. They were struggling because they lacked diversity. But diversity only works when there is inclusion. You know, you might hear the phrase DNI. It's not one or the other. It's together. And when you've got this inclusion, it takes what you've got to a whole new level because it's the behaviors that make it work. How can you create an environment where everyone's ideas, thoughts and perspectives are heard, respected and considered? It's easier than you think, but requires a, you know, a strategic choice to be inclusive. On a leadership level, well, this is where leadership really matters. The leader must consciously create diverse teams and then invite others to be included in the way that they do business. It requires a huge dose of self-awareness, understanding and a real open mindset. It, that's why in my five-step methodology, I do myself and my team step before I even start considering the my business because you need to define the behaviours and the culture before you can really think about how to structure the work that is done. On a leadership level myself, I have to flex my style to meet the needs of my people. And I can only do that because I'm self-aware. Now I know who I am, my strengths, my limitations and my blocks. I can build teams that support me in delivering my goals. However, I need to be flexible to each person in the team. I mean, those who need more information, I have to give it, I have to slow down and consciously think about what information do they need. Uh, those who need more autonomy, I just need to give them clear direction and let them run. Some of them need to be stretched. You know, they love a, a competition or, you know, a result. So I have to stretch them. And some of those, you know, people, they need more reflection time. You know, they need to take time out just to think things through, sleep on it a little bit. So trying to get them to come up with an answer there and then is never going to work. Because I know myself and I know my team, I can lead more effectively. So on that team level, just think about it. You're going to put a bunch of diverse people together. It can be amazing, so fulfilling, but it can be equally horrendous. So much of my work is working with dysfunctional teams. I mean, it usually shows up as perhaps there's some missed targets or there's conflict between a few of the people. You can feel it. Something isn't working. Um, the team just kind of gets stuck in this this way of being with each other. And I kind of think of it as, you know, they, they get in the storming phase of team formation and they don't know how to get out of it. So the norm is storming. So when I work with the team, to, we get right back to basics and we work on the relationships first. And the data of the, the behavioral profiling, or if we're doing the five behaviors of a cohesive team program, you know, that gives some data to as a kind of like an entry level into understanding how is this team behaving? What's the culture around here? What are our rules of engagement? It's like, it's a stepping stone that leads to understanding and appreciation of each other rather than judgment and um, conflict and, and all that horribleness that comes with it. So rather than thinking that somebody's just being awkward, 
or slowing things down or being a bit of a pie in the sky thinker, we help teams to really appreciate each other's styles and to accept them, um, adapt and, and move forward together. So some, you know, so much of that conflict comes from just misunderstanding, miscommunication and holding assumptions about people. It then impacts the way that we behave with each other. Um, you know, if you expect somebody to be highly confrontational, then you're going to go into the conversation trying to shut them down and take control straight away, which then creates the conflict. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But when we remove all of that, people can just feel safe and trusted to, to be themselves, to get the job done. They can align themselves around a common goal and know how to work together to achieve, well, success. So I just want you to, to really think about how well do you really understand each team member? Um, how are you adapting your style to help get the best out of them? And if you don't know, personality profiles are a really good entry level. But if you haven't got that, just actually talk to people, find out about each other, get feedback. Remember that we are more alike than we are unalike. So appreciate your diversity. If you haven't got diversity in your teams, then go find it, go hire it and read the, the Rebel Ideas book um, because it's a good one. And yeah, just start being an inclusive, diverse organisation. So that's it for today. Make sure you're subscribed and look out for new episodes as they appear in your feed. And don't forget, there's more on the guests in the show notes.